Hello everybody and welcome to Brumbagun, you will not get there on a road bike. Season number 4. And for this season, I have also to add something more. So, let me start again. Hello everybody and welcome to Brumbagun, you will not get there on a road bike, brought to you by Komoot. Yes, because this year Komoot decided to support me and this podcast and all the stories that I want to go out with. And I cannot be happier than that because Komoot really, really share with me the same spirit and the same vision. Let people go out there and explore as much as they can. So I don't know actually if you know people what Komoot is. Let me start with that. Komoot is an application that unlocks your thirst of adventure, I would say. Yes, it's a route planning and navigation app, so you can just download it on your phone or use it on your desktop and check around what you can do. Not only in cycling or only in road cycling is super good for gravel cycling, of course, it's super good for mountain biking, it's super good also for hiking. Well, you just go there, you plan, you start exploring. You plan your route and you can see all the highlights of people around. You can set up a lot of cool features that are really helping you making the extra mile to enjoy the outdoor. And they also support and have on their side a lot of ambassadors that are really, really helping you on getting the spirit on how cool is living the outdoors as it is. I'm super happy that they decided to, yeah, share this adventure with me in this season number four. And they also gave me something that I'm gonna give to you in order for you for starting exploring something more if you are new of the Komoot app. So, I mean, if you're new in Komoot, just go to komoot.com slash G, like Greenland, and just write there on the space of the code BROOM. Then you will unlock with no problems a free region. So you can start exploring your back door. And then check there because actually with the, just a tiny bit, something like just shipping in, you're gonna unlock the old world in maps. And if you want, you can also upgrade in the premium feature where we can talk about that probably. Actually, there is an episode about that. I talked with Fiola last year. Hi Fiola, how are you doing? And we actually talked on what the premium features are helping with. I will actually let you go in the backlog of my episodes to know more about that. So thanks a lot for being part of this journey, this season, Komoot. And uh, you will know people that we are gonna also talk a lot about, yes, how we can really explore the outdoors together. Really, really thanks for the support. And thanks a lot for all of you for tuning in for the episode of today. And if you want to help me even more, you know that actually you can go to Spotify, to Apple Podcasts, to wherever you think it's good for you. And just, you have to subscribe, you can. You can subscribe to this podcast and then rate it. And then, um, yes, put down a comment if you like it. Let me know what you think about this podcast and don't forget to share it with your friends there are gonna be super exciting episodes i already recorded a bunch of them but this year they're gonna be awesome really awesome stuff that are gonna be helpful for everybody and they're gonna be helpful really for letting you something like get a bit more the outdoor and inspire you for new adventure like the episode of today yes today i 
been talking with one of my really main models and inspiration out there. I'm talking about Leo Rogers. I think that all of you, really all of you, listened already, heard about his name. Uh, Leo Rogers is a guy that was super into motorbikes and then at a certain point he got a really, really... Am I telling the story of Leo? Yes, probably this is something that I can say, but at a certain point he got an accident on his motorbike and he lost his leg. From then on, you will listen to all the story, he got into bikes and it's a huge inspiration for everybody out there. Hopefully it's gonna be a huge inspiration also for you people out there, because for me, he already is. Well, I can tell you everybody out there that probably I am a bit, um, it's not nervous in a negative way, but nervous in a positive way for two different reasons. The first one, this is the first recording it has been the first recording for, I don't know, since three or four months ago. So this is the first reason. The second reason is that because I am really here today with somebody that I wanted to interview from ages, but I didn't have till now, I would say the guts of sending him a message because I don't want to bother you. But when I sent a message, he answered me straight away saying, yes, let's do it. I'm here together with Leo Rogers. How are you doing, Leo? I'm doing wonderful. That's super, super cool. I Can I ask you a question really sharp straight away? Let's do it. So your Instagram account and let's uh, say that your name in uh, Instagram is S Limon. Why that? 1000. S Limon 1000. From where did it come? Uh, so yeah, um, Slim 1000 came originally from uh, Slim 1100. I couldn't make 1100 because I guess somebody already uh, used that name. I used to ride motorcycles back in the day, and uh, um, that was my first motorcycle I rode was an 1100. Okay. And that was my starter bike with everything, so that's where it kind of came from. So instead of me just putting a one, I just spelled it out, and it actually worked. And it went from there. The next thing you know, here I am. <laughs> one-legged and everything i'm like wow it actually uh it fitted me so <laughs> i just kept rolling with it but it's great actually i'm still keeping it so that's amazing yeah thank you yeah 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 that's great well uh so i could actually probably put some words together to introduce you saying that for me you're a great inspiration you're a person all the time with a super huge smile in your face i saw a lot I read a lot of articles talking about you. I watched a lot of videos talking about you. Your positive attitude, really, it's so bright that it's awesome to see. But probably it's better, instead of myself putting some blubber around on this talk, for me to ask you to introduce yourself. Who is Leo Rogers? Um, who is Leo Rogers? Yeah, Leo Rogers. I'm a 36-year-old black male that uh, definitely enjoys cycling. Um, been cycling since I was a kid. Um, I really got into it um, on a more serious note after my accident, uh, my motorcycle accident that mm -hmm. uh, amputated my left leg, um, just because it, you know, it really changed my life and just who I was. And, and I started getting into more of the racing aspect of it. Um, that's when I started seeing, uh, you know, how much of a game changer it was. And you know, I just took it from there and then realized that, you know, just me wanting to ride bikes and get back into it was, uh, you know, inspiring people, you know, just because I just wanted to stay healthy and, you know, do stuff, but didn't know on the backside, I was also inspiring people. So I just felt that I had a, a gift and, uh, had a reason that I'm still here and figured that was my reason. So I just went full fledged with it and, uh, you know, really embraced it and really, uh, took forth into it and, 
you know, that's what kind of made me and, you know, that's who I am now. Just it's an avid cyclist that uh, enjoys riding all kinds of bikes and you know, really pushing the movement, pushing the whole, you know, movement for, you know, the community and stuff like that. And it's embracing it. Just want to, you know, be able to see people smile and, you know, live healthy. Yeah, that's super great. Let's start. We are going to go through all the things that you said, but I want to start from another point. Can you please describe for us your normal day? Uh, yeah, normal day. Oh, um, I have to do some some riding, uh, depending on what kind of riding. That's what it, probably the toughest decision I have to make yeah. is uh, picking what bike I want to ride today. Um, but usually once I figure that out, I go for a nice little stroll. Um, it's pretty different types of riding that you can do over here. So it's uh, pretty endless. So I just get up get up a little hour early mm-hmm. before a little stroll, grab me some coffee, something to eat, and take it on into work, which is also a bike shop. So it's always you know, bicycle something around me. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, just kind of go from there. And usually some of the guys at the jobs, we're all cool. We'll set up a little evening ride and go for a ride and just hang out and, you know, just do what guys normally do is watch sunset, drink a beer or something every now and again. Of course. <laughs> That's perfect. So you said that actually the dif- the most difficult things part, let's say, of your day is probably deciding what bicycle do you want to ride. <laughs> How many bicycles do you have? Um, two, three, four, five, six, seven of them at the moment. Perfect, seven. So the the one that I know, because I saw them, for sure you have a truck bike, for sure you have a commuter yeah. bike, for sure you have something that is a bit more name as a gravel bike or whatever, fat tire bicycle to go on the mud and stuff. Which other ones? Yeah. Uh, I also got a, a full, like, almost downhill mountain bike. And then I got a road bike. Uh, got a full rigid uh, mountain bike. And then I got, like, my little, other little fixed gear kind of commuter that I kind of go carry stuff on you know if i gotta you know go to ups or take something here or go to grocery shopping that's kind of my go-to bike but uh yeah those are my, my selections well i was checking your instagram account actually i was checking i was there scrolling like everybody in the instagram let's say without putting so much effort on stuff and then at a certain point i bounced in on a video that was actually showing a video of you um just riding the bike with something like a really really big i think it was something like a box with a table inside but really huge i could never think about that even pushing that thing okay what, what happened there uh yeah that was a bike we had to um, drop it off at ups and okay ups was right across the street so i'm like dude i'll take it like i'll take it tomorrow so i brought my little cargo bike or whatever <laughs> and just strapped it up to the front and had like three boxes and I'm like, all right, man, we're off. How long did you ride with that thing on top of your cargo bike? <laughs> that's the uh, that's the fun part, trying to you know balance that and figure that out. <laughs> that's crazy. It's always the uh, the the little bit of a drum rush I get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, anyways, it didn't. It was not. It didn't uh, take it too long actually to arrive where you had to arrive with that oh, bicycle. No, it was. It was definitely a successful mission. Perfect. <laughs> That's super awesome. But yeah, actually, it seems like, as you were describing at the beginning, bicycle got into your li- got back into your life when uh, after your accident, right? So yeah. um, just maybe you can take, uh, take off from here. So something like, okay, you got this accident. Uh, you actually mentioned just briefly that it was a motorcycle accident. But... 
how did you actually get there and said, okay, let's get back on a bike to keep something like a good fit and not actually, I think, uh, something like to get uh, a bit more motivation and starting again a new life? Yeah. Um, so um, I was staying in Tampa and then I ended up, uh, you know, going to school to be a motorcycle mechanic. So, you know, I packed up all my stuff, took my bike with me, and, you know, and I had it, you know, where I, the little apartment that I was at. And I had a dog and I used to always have to walk him, but he has so much energy. So I'm like, man, I just got to figure out how to burn his energy off because he's just about to pull my shoulder out. <laughs> so I would have him pull me on my bike. And I was like, I wonder if I can pedal this thing. So I just had him like pull me like I was Santa Claus and he was like a reindeer. <laughs> just had him pull me around. And then that was like the start to kind of, you know, get the pedal moving. I'm like, I wonder if I could actually do this. So me being a you know mechanic, like when it got some zip ties, <laughs> zip tied it through the pedal, I'm like, oh, I think this can be a real thing. So I just started asking questions and started to ask the right questions on, you know, how can I make it happen? And somebody was like, yeah, it's easy. Just buy some shoes and clip in. You would only need one. I'm like, oh, shit, that's right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just didn't think that none of it. Um, graduated from uh, motorcycle school. Uh, certified in Suzuki and Yamaha and um, ended up moving back to Tampa and um, just went to a store, got a pedal, got some shoes and I was like off into the races then and it was on. That's what I kind of got me going and uh, you know, got me back free again which is because I had a dog and he was just, you know, he was a pit bull so he was just really strong. So uh just had to do something <laughs> so <laughs> I could save my shoulder. <laughs> So I just started having, yeah, just had him pull me around, and that was like the the jump start to kind of get me rolling again. Mm-hmm. Well, um, there is actually this thing that people say that um, any single journey, any single trip, any single whatever starts from the first pedal stroke. Well, actually, um, how was for you to start again riding the bicycle? but with only one leg. So I think that actually for you, it was a lot of uh, falling, actually. Something like crashing all the time, learning again how to do it or whatever. But how tough it was and actually how did you get in the situation where actually now you are completely in perfect balance on doing it? Even if you're, I think that you're continuing crashing like all of us. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. Um you know, it was just like riding the bike again, you know, just get on and, you know, it just kept a balance. I'm like, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I already knew not to, you know, go to the left side, of course, because there's nothing there. But uh, yeah, it definitely took a few spills. But uh, I think what really um, got me into it was uh, riding fixed gear. Like, I'm in the other, you know, it's like riding, you know, regular bikes was, I just can't ride a bike regular. I had to do something. So I learned how to wheelie the, the bike again. I'm like, oh, I can still do it. Wow. So that was like the, the start right there. Like, can I still do my wheelies on the bike? And once I learned how to do that, I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I can still do this. So, but I think the uh, the whole fixed gear scene is what really, like, you know, really got me and embraced me and, like, showed me the culture of riding bikes again. So, you know, definitely my dog got me back riding again. But I think the whole fixed gear scene and the culture that they have is... uh what I appreciated the most about, you know, just like in general. Yeah. It just felt more like, like a family. You know, I rode with rope. 
and you ride with mountain bike, because you ride with everybody. It just seemed like that fixed gear scene kind of relates to like the gravel. It's just more of like a family base. You know, you're, you're trying to help each other out. Everybody, you know, is just, you know, just we all talk crap to each other, but we're all a family. We're all helping out one another. So that was like the, uh, the most important part for me. Yeah, I can see completely the point. So the thing that you are mentioning is that, yeah, you got... Uh, let's start from here. Then I'm going to ask you the other question. So the first bicycle that you started riding, it was a fixed beer. Uh, fixed beer, sorry. A fixed gear. I'm thinking about beer. Sorry, everybody. It's 7.21 already. <laughs> it's beer time. Uh, a fixed gear. Uh, was it because of a mechanical thing, actually, in order to... I don't know. It's something a bit more balanced to ride? Or it was... 100% for the community that was around there in Tampa on Fixed Gear. That actually, I think, is the community that is all around the world, from Europe to U.S. Yes, definitely, uh, just because, you know, it was already out there. But uh, I just think just the simplicity of it, and it just made me push myself. You know, it just you're really not thinking about nothing just because now you also got to think about stopping and cars and stuff like that. So it just felt like I was, like, back on my motorcycle again, and I was just free. So I was really, you know, definitely embraced that and you know all my friends felt the same way about you know about it you know i, I wasn't slow and i was actually keeping up so you know we're still we're still holding on so it's like this is cool so yeah you got people that are kind of also embracing it as well and you can see it you know changing their lives you know everybody has their own story so it's just like you all have, have something to live for <laughs> yeah no yeah it's completely clear and maybe actually we can st- a bit more on this community feeling you actually mentioned before that everything started with the fixed gear I, th- I think it's something that we really have in common so it's the same thing for me i also started with fixed gear because i was in love with the community while um, especially back to italy the community of uh, um, road cycling even mountain bike bikes it was not so inclusive i would say that actually it was taking us a bit more on the side because, I don't know, you're not fast enough, you don't have the right gears or whatever. When you start riding, at least it was for me, when I started riding uh, fixed gears, everybody was welcome in the community and everybody was there ready to share uh, everything that we had in common. If it was a beer, if it was a spare tube, if it was a pedal or a part of the bike that you needed, if, if it was, I don't know, a pair of shoes that I'm not using or using it, but you need it a bit more. The community was pretty bigger and then from here everything translated into the thing that now we all call gravel but it's actually absolutely the same spirit that we all have in bicycle going out to have fun going out to enjoy the community going out to have an adventure is the same thing that we're having when it was fixed gear it's the same for you actually we're just moving across communities because we like to follow the people that thinks are like us right right pretty much what it was for me i mean just you just see your friends and you just kind of go to these different rides and next thing you know you just met a new friend and y'all are kind of coping with each other because y'all have the same kind of story and stuff like that. So it kind of, you know, you just meet people that are in similar areas and a lot of similarities. So it's just like it, you got no choice but the, the cling into it and attach to it. Especially when you see, you know, that you see yourself, you know, gaining benefits from it. As far as your health, you know, you, you're feeling a little bit more alive or you're feeling better. You're even saving money because you're, you're not even driving. Yeah, of course. You know, I always tell people, like, I do. I stay in California, and I don't own a car. I ride everywhere. Like, man, you need a car in California. I'm like, do you really? I mean, do you? I think that's just an excuse. You know, I think you can find plenty of ways to 
you know, include public transportation to kind of get around where you get to. And I'm literally an hour away from L.A. and I could still get there. You know, there's a train. I've got a ride. I'll just jump on the PCH and, you know, just cruise it on up there. If push come to shove, I'm only, you know, a couple bucks for an Uber. Mm-hmm. It's still in a car. So if I can find a, a cheaper way of owning a vehicle, and I'm just going to grab my bikes. No, that's great. And actually, yeah, everybody, this is really something like, it's the classic narrative. Uh, I remember uh, I've been in the US just once and it was in San Francisco. And when I was talking, because I had some friends there and all my friends that were there, they were telling me, uh, yeah, come on, Stefano, really, I prefer to stay here in San Francisco instead of going to LA because in LA you cannot live without a car. But then I started actually meeting and talking with people. I don't know, when I was working in Berlin, for example, there was a friend of mine that he was actually from uh, close there, uh, from close to San Francisco. Then I met other people around the world by cycling and stuff. Kylie, for example, for Golden Cyclery yeah. as well. And actually, it seems like you can really ride the bicycle without any problem, right? Yeah, you really can. Um, um, My girlfriend, she stays up in like Venice area. So it's just like to be able to just ride around up there and like get to get some good riding and elevation, like the ride from the beach to LA and then back. That was like a good 40 miles. I didn't, didn't even know it. And I'm just along and, you know, just no hurry. Definitely a lot of elevation, but you know, that's, you know, what you, what you ride for. That's, that's your work. So it's just, you know, it's, it's cool. You know, it's definitely uh, something different. And once you kind of do it that, you know, once or twice, you're like, Oh, wow. Okay. It's a big state. <laughs> it's a lot to see around here. Yeah, it's true. It's true. But actually, you said that actually you started riding your bicycle in Tampa. Then now you are in LA. First of all, uh, how did it happen? Why did you move from Tampa to LA, from Florida to, to California? Um, so this was always one of my, my missions to kind of, you know, get to an area where there was a velodrome just because, you know, I enjoy velodrome racing. It's, it's fun. It's exerting. It's hard work. Like, I enjoy that, you know, more so than in riding road bikes um, but uh that was was the main you know intent so i was like oh, well me at least start off in a smaller city i'll start out in tampa i had like different goals to kind of get myself out there you know definitely baby steps you know get my name and then start showing myself and then put myself on a larger platform to kind of get my name out there and you know let people know who i am so started off in tampa worked at a really cool bike shop um, called City Bike Tampa, and um, all they did was uh, worked on steel frames. Like that was our whole thing. You know, we started out, you know, selling almost a little bit of everything, but uh, end up uh, going to, you know, just selling strictly steel frames. And um, that was kind of like the the core for me because I I knew about bikes, I knew how to fix on stuff, and you know, I was a mechanic. I can fix your house if I needed to, but just learning the the, the core, the guts, like really the in depth on on the bicycle that was like it for me I'm like this is it like this is so cool this is a car <laughs> they caught just as much as a car like this is it and um just happened to you know building these bikes and stuff like that and it really you know got me out there with the community i'm like you know I, I need to i'm getting too big for this uh this city not in a bad way but you know let's see how i can move on to another city to also help my city so it just as time went on you know just just kept getting bigger and bigger and then just you know just started exploring my options and um you know just push come to shove and i just like you know i gotta do it i gotta make this leap <laughs> you know it's getting time like you know I, I just gotta do it so uh you know the whole corona stuff kind of went down 
that I kind of delayed it, but uh, I just just did it. I just like you know what? Let me just start looking. So I just took a uh, a few days off and um just checked out the city again because I always love visiting uh, L.A. I was like, let me see how it is. I know the hard part is just living. So all I gotta do is just have a decent job. You know, I can. I'm already like riding my bike everywhere and saving my little dollars. So that's how I kind of went. And I'm like, okay, cool. All my sponsors over here, all the kind of racing I need is on the West Coast. Um, so it only makes sense to to go over there. So I just made a leap of faith and just just did it and went for it. And um, here I am now working at a at a, um, a concept store that specialize uh, has. And it's just getting even crazier. And just, just being able to, you know, see the, the bicycles from the other side of the spectrum it's not definitely balancing me out because you know i'm such a, a steel frame kind of guy like i love my steel like you know it's nothing like riding a steel frame but you know after seeing you know all these carbon bikes i'm like wow carbon has came a long way yeah you know definitely uh sip the kool-aid but uh i don't think uh, i'll ever give up my steel frames just because you can't duplicate that riding quality but uh i will say i these these carbon bikes are, are definitely uh they're definitely really nice. They're pretty good. So you're thinking about getting one? Yeah, I mean I got a I got a road, carbon road bike and a carbon mountain bike. You know, it's definitely a ah. Oh. You know, just because I work at Specialized, so you have no choice but to, you know, you have no choice but to get one. Yeah, but I love it. You know, it's they're, they're great. It's just you know, it's you know, it's still a bike to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, of course. The bike is not what it is actually, but what where it takes you, right? I just embrace it. I just tell people like, whatever gets you rolling, man. Like, you know, I just make sure I always try to sell the right bike to the customer. And you know, I feel like that's my goal of being at a bike shop. Just I want the the customer on the correct bike versus if it's a specialized or if they're looking for something like, yo, that's not the bike you're gonna want. I don't want you coming back returning this bike because I sold you the wrong bike. Go over here. Go get you a surly and then get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Of course. Yeah. I don't know. It seems like still these uh, talking about, yeah, steel bikes and stuff. There's still something. And actually, as I know, uh, especially there in LA, it's really still something because it's something that will last you forever. And as you were saying, it's a completely different feeling of riding the, a steel bike than a carbon bike. Yeah, it's two totally different ride qualities. I mean, yes, you should have a carbon bike, but I feel like to still enjoy cycling you know you just need that go-to bike that you know you can have around forever and just steel frames they always age beautifully so this is nothing like having one and you can always pass them down to family yeah now i i can tell you that actually usually um watching uh photos and videos and stuff of the bikes that you ride usually they're all steel bikes as i remember actually you have been riding cross bike and lately yeah um they all look so awesome and so timeless. And then you think, okay, yeah. And seeing you going into the mud with these super fatty tires and these awesome crossed bikes are, yeah, I'm thinking, okay, these are the bikes that actually, they're going to last forever. We are going to continue to watch these bikes and see this bicycle and ride this bicycle really forever, probably. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that's probably like my, <laughs> this by far one of my best bikes. It's just, it's, just, it's addicting. <laughs> On how you know? Oh wow! On how well it rises is so addicting. I'm like, man, like this is it. <laughs> like, if I need to put a rack on it, I can. I want to put fenders on it, I can. Like, there isn't a no. If I want to go ride over here, I can. 
So it's just really awesome. And then, um, you know, also had like a fixed gear version of it. And like that is like by far my my daily. Like it, I can like just go off roading on my little fixed gear, keep it simple. And um, I just that's just what got me right there. Just the whole fixed gear off road. You know, being able to kind of you know push if I got to get up and walk. It's not that heavy. I just climb up the hill. So definitely uh got the good ride quality for sure. But uh, you know that's. What I like to bring to the table, just to show people, like, yo, just go out and have fun, no matter what bike you're on. Uh, this is the inclusivity that we were talking about, because it's inclusivity, of course. Everything comes back to inclusivity in people, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter anything, who you are, from where you come from, or whatever. But also, doesn't matter what kind of bicycle do you have. If you are, if you, you will have fun of joining people riding the bike, come over, let's have fun. Who cares if you have an aluminum bike, a steel bike, or whatever bike? So that's just what I always try to bring to the table. Just keep it simple. You know, that's my whole objective in life. Just to you know, make sure you just embrace what you, what you enjoy doing. You know, rather if it is this cycling, hey, just go get you a tennis ball. Just go. <laughs> play tennis with you go find you a wall go do something active you know just get out there and do it because you'd be amazing you know, just doing something outdoors here just change your lifestyle yeah 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 i truly believe actually i completely agree with you it doesn't matter on whatever you want to do or whatever but just go out there don't stay of course saying these kind of things in this period of life in this period of the world is a bit weird but go outside go out there try to meet people try to enjoy yourself try to I don't know, to to breathe a bit of fresh air, whatever the outdoors can give you, take it. Because this is the most important thing. Life doesn't need to be inside of, I don't know, a house, a home with a lot of walls behind, around you. Just go out. Yeah, because, you know, you always got to get those good vibes and that, that good energy. So that's usually what I try to attract myself to. And, you know, once you kind of come off like that, the people around you start catching that good vibe and that good energy next thing you know you have yourself a good time it's a party <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 absolutely i can completely see that it's completely completely true maybe it's a bit complicated you know especially you were saying before and also the beginning of our talk of records uh i'm an early person early morning person i like to do stuff or whatever especially when you are waking up early and um when you are just awake and stuff it's a bit complicated to push you out of the bed and start doing something but once that you go out for a bicycle ride for a run for meeting people, for going to work or whatever, then you are going to enjoy straight away, I believe. Once it to give you the extra push, then you will think, okay, yeah, it's, I feel better for me outside now, out here, instead of staying at home by myself. Yes. Oh. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what I want to tell you, so you were saying before that actually you moved to LA and because all your races are here in LA, apart from all your sponsors and stuff, but just keeping on the rides and the races that you are doing, what are you planning? Which one are the races that you are doing? Because I actually was reading around that actually you were thinking, I don't know if it's still a plan for you, to also train and take part to the Paralympic Games. Yeah, so that was my biggest thing right there. Is it's like, I want to be able to like, you know, compete again and like actually do it because I feel like I have a chance now. Um, so that was like, you know, once I heard it got postponed, uh, postponed, I'm like, all right, this might be my time to like actually get over there and, you know, get some track time. I felt like I was still a great athlete and, you know, I could just shake myself up. It was just getting the, the track time I needed. I think that's where I was like, you know, what I was lacking in. Um, and I didn't have the as much experience as getting that track time in. So it was just perfect timing like to get over there and do it. Like you know, just get myself together and um 
let's get right for it. Because, you know, that's just, you know, one of my little bucket list things I, I want. You know, to see if I can get me a, a gold medal and some Olympic stuff, you know, to build up my resume. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But do you have still as a plan for 2021? Or uh, we still don't know what is happening. That's still my plan. Um, okay. I definitely keep plan Bs just because I feel like uh, people think once you get to the Olympics, like, that's it. I'm like, no, that's not it. Like, ah. You just add it to your resume. Like, it's still more to life. You know, it's still more things out there that you have to accomplish. So, yeah, I want that on my resume, but I don't think that's going to stop me from, you know, wanting to venture up into doing bigger things and think about larger things. Because, you know, I just want to build this foundation just to kind of, you know, this little platform to also help others and get them rolling and just get them, you know, out there. And it's because I, I see things differently and I get a lot of uh, different people that are trying to figure things out and, you know, just got amputated and they're trying to like figure out stuff and figure out life themselves. So you know, I just want to be able to help out with things like that. I feel like that's also important to where, you know, this involving sports in their life would uh, be a big help to just change lives yeah using actually bicycles in your case in our case and sports in general whatever you want to do just to change people's life to get other people get better that's the thing on their condition or whatever it is and i think that actually this is the main the core reason we can go to that and super happy to uh take off also this conversation that's the core reason why you are starting your own foundation tell me more about that because i was in the uh, crowdfunding page go found me yeah. uh, page i was reading everything but i really want to hear from your voice What's that? What do you want to accomplish with that? What's your idea with that? So my idea was that just because I get so many people trying to figure out and like, like, yo, you just always got a smile on your face. You just do it. So I want to be able to give back to people and like maybe even go visit them, go ride with them and like just show them like a new way of life to, you know, just embrace them. If you're in the hospital, you know, just go visit you just to, you know, just, and just give you a better spirit. I feel like, you know, my, my mission in life is to inspire. So I really want to, like, push that and, like, go help people, like, actually get a little more personal and, like, go ride with them. Like, hey, well, what are you trying to do? They're like, here's a bike. Let's let's see how we can get you on the bike. Oh, here's a skateboard. You like skating? I don't either. Let's let's figure it out. You know, I just want to yeah. help you get over that that slump of wanting to be depressed. Feel like some some kind of sport or something, you know, just to help change your life, like I said, keep you moving. You know, I just want to, you don't really need a prosthetic. You know, you can make whatever you want your prosthetic. It can be this bike. It can be this, you know, just use this as a tool to kind of show you a new way of life to get around. Like you think you may need all this different stuff. You really don't. <laughs> you can do it this way. So I really want to like give back and like, instead of just always like what most people want to do is just give bikes and all this and that, like that's easy. Like, what if you just give up some of your time to go spend with this person, like, you know, to really talk to them and hear their story and find out what their their needs are. People want a lot of stuff in life, but what do you really need is the uh, the real question. So just getting out there and just want to be able to, like, give that person what he really needs. You know, some, you might have, you know, been a really good at basketball and something happened and all you want to do is just get back on the court. I'll just figure out how to get you a wheelchair, 
so you can just go back to basketball and start shooting again. Yeah, this is really awesome. I really like your words when you were saying um, everybody is just collecting money or asking for funds or for whatever it is just because they want to give people something. You were mentioning a bike, maybe giving to people a lot of bikes, giving to people whatever, but actually you want to go out there and doing two things listen to people mm -hmm. and uh, in order for you to understand what's their need and then being out there supporting them or letting them get what they really need not giving them an object but giving them positive attitude good vibes and actually a bit more you know the strength and yeah. the power whatever it is in order for them to get what they need in order to be happy basically correct that's uh, that's super great and actually i also like the thing that you said that you want to be out there and talk directly with them not only shipping them something just staying with them and uh, i really love the example that you made with the skateboard just stay together and figure it out anybody can get somebody a kid's bike but you know did you go ride with them did you do this with them you know you find out what the kid really likes you know, he might just ride it for like a month or two and then, damn, it's dead. You know, you could have bought him a video game and made, came out way better than that. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, you know, this, you know, I'm always about that, that whole play 60 kind of thing because I have kids and I know what it's like to, you know, when kids get bored, like you got to entertain them. It's, it's pretty much what I'm going for. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. And then um, tell us more about the foundation. Then whatever you collect the money that you're asking, I don't have the page in front of me, but actually that you need, you're going to be straight away out there on trying to meet people, try to organize events, try to get them the support of, uh, for their accomplished dreams, right? Yeah, that's it. I figure like by next year, um, I can actually start, well, actually start using the money because I haven't even touched it. It just got sitting there. Just kind of waiting until next year so I can like actually start traveling and like getting out there and you know, go visit some people. So I got like a little list of folks I want to like go see. There's some schools over in uh, like Connecticut that um, I'm gonna try to go go visit and go visit some kids and stuff like that. But, uh, it's just like this little small thing. There's so much like adaptive stuff over here. I just feel like you know just going to some of these little camps and some of these little things, just visiting, just have like an assortment of like gifts. Like this on on standby, you know, people just don't even know when they're gonna get blessed, and just to be able to like bless someone just very randomly and just give them a few words. That's sometimes like the most powerful thing ever, and some people will never forget that. Like just so random, and then you just do it. Like that's like the most powerful thing ever, and you'll never forget it. That's like somebody just giving you a tip just out of nowhere. Like you're not gonna forget that. You're like this dude is gave me 20 bucks or gave me 30 bucks for no reason you just won't forget that no of course <laughs> you're, gonna, you're gonna be thinking like why like what's going on and you know and that was a blessing or a sign from this sign from that and you know there goes the good vibes right there did you ever get a support like this when i were a kid when you were a kid something like an example to follow or just a support of doing something when you were a kid or just after your accident yeah, i was always been a very helpful person um even when i was a kid growing up i seen this older lady she used to always come outside to get her newspaper and i seen i'm like all right i'm at the bus stop so what i would do is i would get her newspaper and bring it to her and you know she was cool you know she was this older lady just couldn't move around as much i'm like oh. like can you run to the store and get me something I'm like sure 
and I would just go to the store for like just just because I'm at the bus stop waiting and <laughs> waiting on my bus. So I would go to the bus stop early just to make sure she had her newspaper and had everything she needed. And she was good. I'd go to the store, get my little candy, <laughs> and just kind of go from there. And it kind of started with that. And I started getting into um, child care. You know, everybody needs a little job when you're like in middle school. So <laughs> I started out, you know, just doing like a, like working at like summer schools and stuff like that. Just watching kids. And, you know, that was kind of like, start like to one like help people help kids just help this help that and um that's where it kind of came from you know just just being a a helpful person you know just being real that's great that's really really awesome actually you mentioned before that you're gonna visit some uh, schools you mentioned connecticut or around the u.s uh how did they get in contact with you how did did you know about them um well a lot of people like see my story and then either they're in school for something and like, yo, look at this guy. Like he does this and this and this. And next thing you know, like they'll reach out to me like, yo, you think, you can, are you able to maybe speak or do a zoom call? Like, Heck yeah. You dope. <laughs> and it just kind of goes from there. And it's just, it just, it's just on like they're just so stoked. Um, I did a few zoom calls at this, uh, school in Nevada for their teaching normal able-bodied people, how to deal with people that are amputees. And, you know, it's a little different. <laughs> so it's because when you're able-bodied, you don't think about these things that, oh, wait a minute, you can't do that or you have to do it a different way. So it's uh, having to talk to people and, you know, share my story and stuff like that. It kind of opened their eyes, to, you know, a little more of an understanding on a person that's a, an amputee. So it just kind of went from there. No, that's awesome. And I can actually confirm 100% that you're a pretty approachable person and really, really happy to, to help and to talk about your story to inspire other people to, yeah, to do what they need to do and to do what they want to do in order to be happy. So I can just confirm that. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I want to ask you just uh, another couple of things, yeah. something bicycle related, something a bit more broader. I will start with the broader thing. So I don't think that I'm not going to say anything wrong basically, uh, by saying that cycling as a sport and probably also as a community, at least here in Europe, I, don't want, I want to know a bit more um, as it's happening in the US, it's a really wide sport, a really wide community. Yes, it is. <laughs> what can we do a bit more in order to be a bit more inclusive? Well, that's where it takes that one person of color to actually make the change. Um, mm. I feel like most people, you know, that of our color, they try to stick with their race. And I'm like, I don't see color. Only thing I see is people that ride fixed gears. <laughs> like that's my race <laughs> right there. Like I feel like in the cycling community, like it's, it's totally different. Like you have your road bikers, you have mountain bikers and you have fixed gear people. And usually people that are, that are, usually skateboard they usually ride a fixed gear so um for example like when i moved to tampa and i started working there um it was really big with the road bike scene like huge like huge roadie scene i'm like you know what i don't want to ride with those guys because there's so many rides out there like that and they don't want to ride with us like what about all these fixed gear all these kids riding around on single speeds like what's up with them nobody's not trying to ride with them so just because I worked at a bike shop and I test ride bikes and Jimmy John's was around the corner, I would 
literally just be riding around test riding and racing Jimmy John kids <laughs> on a customer's bike, <laughs> you know, just to kind of get them, you know, to come to my ride. I'm like, yo, I'll do a ride every Wednesday, you know, come show up. And no matter what the race, it was just like, you really got to fix gear? Let's do it. And that's how I kind of started my whole thing of like, you know, it's not even, you shouldn't even see color. Like nobody sees color when you're riding a fist gear. It's because you're too busy trying to dodge cars. <laughs> you know, you're already fighting this war with cars. So it's like, it, it just changes your whole mindset of like, like you just don't see color. And um, I know it's such a white sport, but just because I ride with so many other people, I don't just see that. You know, I think if you, if you ride the typical road bikes, then yes, you're going to see primarily just that. But I think if you change your uh, your riding style, you may see other races. You may see that other culture that uh, that is a little more uh, has a little more color. So I just think, yeah, I just think I, me personally, you know, that's another one of my things that you know that I'm just embracing. I'm just embracing the other side that people I feel like are kind of scared to embrace. So I'm like, you know, I don't care. Like I ride fixed gear, I ride road bikes, I do it all. But I'm going to embrace these guys riding fixed. That you know, you just don't know that that's their job <laughs> like that's how they're getting paid so they can pay their bills like yeah they just ran that light they got to go get this money they're a cab driver <laughs> they're trying to you know help and get you know as much money as they can just so they can pay their rent like i think you people got to really like understand like you know the the backside and hear other people's stories and you don't understand that until you actually hang out with a messenger or hang out with somebody that, you know that needs to make a few more extra bucks and, you know, they got to get out there and hustle for it. So I just think it's totally, a totally different playing field versus, you know, the guy that rides road bike, he's a dentist, this and that. He's kind of doing all right for himself. But that guy that's riding fix, he's, he's hustling and bustling. He, he's hauling ass. He's fast. Like he's really competitive almost just because, you know, his mindset right now, he's not even thinking about it. He's just like, I got time. I got few more hours to kind of get this this and this and um you know they just need to be you know you know known and you know supported you know there's people you know they they need a break they're probably working seven eight you know eight days straight <laughs> so it's just you know embrace them and show them like you know people still love you man like this guy there's showing you guys support so that's how i kind of look at things you know you know how no makes sense i kind of go for it when i'm a whole target yeah 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 no it's uh yeah it makes actually yes it makes a lot of sense we can actually uh have a look to the situation like it is at the moment but then you zoom out at a certain point and you understand actually better that yeah if you are being a bit more relaxed or whatever you're gonna see actually definitely a bit more of inclusivity in cycling oh yeah and that's awesome. And that's really, really awesome. And actually, all the time. So I met this guy when I was living in Berlin. His name is Mo, and he was the owner um, of the first uh, fixed gear bicycle cafe in Berlin. And he was used to be actually a bicycle messenger in New York in oh, okay. the 70s, I think. Um, and he actually told me the first time the story, once I moved to Berlin straight away, he told me, man, actually, we are here, we are all the time, we are watching things on TV or whatever, we, are, we see all these white people riding the bike and racing the bike and stuff, but actually, and then actually also the um, all the culture here, fixed gear in Berlin and in Europe is what it is, but actually nobody never, never anybody says that fixed gear 
as a messenger thing. And actually, bike messengers started using um, fixed gear just because people were moving from their countries, from uh, uh, Jamaica, Central America, or Caribbean, or whatever, into the cities with their bikes that they were used to ride in the outdoor velodromes. And actually, they used them to get some extra bucks. And then being fast, and actually, they were the best ones. And actually, Fixed Beer was born from that. Mandobadi talks about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's where it all, that's where it all started from. Yeah. That's something that we all should start our conversation and then from there we can move probably the long way about inclusivity and everything like that. So another thing that I want to ask you, you are really, really, really um, into in this period the off-road cycling, right? And actually you told me that also there seems like diversity is a bit more a concrete thing and that's awesome. Um, but tell me more, Dan. You started going off-road with your bike. You actually... Um, took part to a lot of events like Grinduro, Dirty Kansa, or whatever. How do you feel it? How do you like it? How do you like riding these things? I think that you love to ride any other bike. And actually, also because you were mentioning before that you have as well a downhill bike, so probably off-road is something that you like. But also the community, as you already confirmed a couple of times, is pretty, pretty cool there. And uh, people are really out there just to take it easy, Mostly, you can race, of course, but you can party pace and just to enjoy a nice shot, a nice cup of coffee or whatever it is, exactly. a beer, of course. I think um, when I got introduced to gravel, um, it was kind of weird how I got introduced. Uh, it started for me just because I didn't have a velodrome. So I was like, I got to do something that's more exerting. Like, you know, you know, get my workout in. So I started doing like, you know, cross and uh, track lacrosse, which was totally new to me. And I was like, I fell in love instantly. Like, yo, this is like parkour. <laughs> like, this is like CrossFit for a bike. It really was. I'm like, holy shit. Like, my heart rate's like two and some change right now. Like, holy moly. Like, it's like 200 and plus. And I'm still got <laughs> wow. 10 more minutes to go. So that right there really, like, changed my mindset. Like, yo, this is where it's at. Like, you are, like, about to die on this course. Way you can putting in way more effort. I got I can carry way less stuff than you know than anything. All I need is one bike. It's gonna be dirty as shit, and I get to drink beer afterwards. Oh man, this is it. <laughs> like this is this is the new me. So, kind of fell in love with that and started doing it. And uh, next thing you know, I got like an invite to uh, the DK two hundred um, um, Ultra Romance. Uh, he just hit me up and was like. Yo, would you be interested in, in riding for us and you know doing DK two? And I'm like, uh, for one, it's an honor to you know talk to you, and for two, hell yeah, <laughs> hell yeah, I want to do DK two hundred, even though I didn't know nothing about it. And this, I'm like, wow, I don't even climb. Like this is totally new to me, but uh, it was awesome. Like just getting into it, and it was such a game changer and such a life changing event that. You know, like wow, this is this is like what you do after you uh you start competing in, in racing. Like this is where you you know where you're where you're at afterwards. So this is uh totally uh game changing and mind blowing to be able to do something like that. And um, that's what uh, kind of changed kind of changed my life. Like I really want to do more events like that now. Like I feel like that's can take me way further than. In the Olympics. 
<laughs> yeah, you know, you you yeah, you're doing like such a big ride. You know, you're doing like over a hundred and something miles, and it's just like, damn, I gotta do how much more climbing? Like, I gotta go where? But then when you finally get to the top of something, wow, this view! Like, you cannot pay for this view, and you're just in the middle of a race. Like, you know, I gotta stop. Like, forget this. <laughs> I'm stopping and taking a picture. Like, I gotta see this. And I think you can't pay for nothing like that. You actually have to do these rides in order to get that view. And it's almost like you just knock something off your bucket list. Like you just out there, you're like, man, this is like bucket list, like kind of material here. So trying to, you can't really, you don't want to like forget those moments. You want to keep doing them just so you can like get that experience and, you know, share those stories. So and get a little overwhelming just to want to, you know, do those rides. But then when you're out there, it's like, man, this is the reason why I was like so overwhelmed because of this view. You know, just the experience that you get, you know, the struggles, the fast moments, the good times, like, ah, the sucks moments. So that's uh, what Gravel has bought to me, man, and I embrace it so much. <laughs> no, that's super cool. You know what? So I was telling you before. So I met actually uh, Ronnie Romans and Kylie, and I don't remember the name, uh, Ronnie's girlfriend. What that means? Uh, no. And super bad with name. Absolutely, yeah, Nam. Uh, I met the three of them in this event in Mallorca a few years ago. Oh, it was the gravel. Yeah, I was there as well. Oh, Why cool. you didn't? You were not there, man. No. What were you doing at that time? Uh, I couldn't make the last one because I was trying to do my passport stuff. But Ronnie said he did the one before okay. that, and um, I didn't even know like about any of this stuff. Like I was just still new to everything. And then when I found him, okay. and then like even during the uh, DK ride, that's when he was like telling me these stories. So we're like having like a, you know, a full conversation on <laughs> on who we are like during the DK 200. <laughs> like, we're, oh, wow. I'm like out of breath, about to pass out, but we're just having this general conversation at the same time. I kind of met him and introduced each other and, you know, learned more about him. Like we really like got to know each other during that ride. It's the best, right? Getting to know new people while you are riding because on the bike, nothing to say. On the bike, you are 120% yourself. So if you can hang out with people on the bike, you can you can hang out with them forever, probably. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> you call it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so I was saying that I was there with all these people there going in Mallorca where usually roadies go there, you know, for doing their um, winter training on the perfect paved road or whatever. We were actually riding off-road, going to amazing place that nobody saw before us, probably. Just thanks for to um, Jan-Erik that was actually looking for the, the trucks for doing that and Bregan as well. And while I was going up to this awesome climb that was gravel, it was super good. I was going up, actually I came out with the one that was actually the headline of my podcast for a lot of years, probably still going to be this year, I don't know. And this, you will not get there on a road bike. That's the point. You can get a road bike, you can go in a lot of places that are awesome, stunning or whatever. But if you want to go to the special gems, mm -hmm. you need to get an unpaved road. Yeah. Got to get off the pavement. Of course. Then there are also people, Richie, for example, that he says all the time that every bike is a gravel bike. <laughs> but I can actually slightly disagree yeah, on that. We, but still, yeah. Definitely disagree with him on that. Because uh, 
<laughs> definitely get some uh, some crappy moments where you wish you had a bigger tire for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, something like okay, the um, yeah the the riding uh, out there, the DK two. Uh, by the way, how did it go? By the way, the DK two hundred. Because I, as I know, is one of the... So I talked as well with the guy that you're organizing it, Lalan. Mm. And from all the friends that I know, Paul as well, Paul as well sorry, that actually also uh, was there with us in Mallorca and blah, blah, blah. People that actually made the DK200. Everybody told me that it's something crazy. It's, it can destroy you. It can break you. It can break it's, your bike. It can break whatever. Dude, it was insane. Like, I got to mile 100 and I was like, I already like beat... I lost my scratch bottle at the very beginning of the race. And then um, I started like bunking out like at my like 30 and 40. I'm like, wow. So I ran out of like hydration. But luckily, everybody kept like dropping like the goo packets and stuff on the ground. So oh, wow. <laughs> I would literally stop, like slam on brakes, pick up the goo packets, eat it just so I could make it to the first checkpoint. I'm like, wow, this is really hard. So I got to mile 100. I'm like, yo, I'm about to die <laughs> i am about to die but it's like hey you want to get in the, you okay it's like yeah you want to get in the, in the truck i'm like no i'm not getting in the car show me a shorter route but i'm not getting in a car i'm gonna arrive there with my bike yeah i'm like i'm gonna ride back but i don't think i'm gonna be able to make another hundred miles <laughs> another century i gotta do i'm already about to die now so <laughs> I end up finding we end up finding a short route, which was even harder. <laughs> I'm like, I thought this was supposed to be a short. This is way more difficult. We're walking through mud, streams. I'm like, holy shit! And I think just, just, just doing. I'm like, this is terrible. And then we kind of got back on course again. And then you can just see just the bodies like just laying. Everybody was just is out of it. Everybody's like, you know, calling rides. <laughs> like, damn, I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> All right, keep this the shorter route because I ain't making it. Like, I'm about to pass out. And just sure enough, you just keep seeing more and more bodies on the side of the road. I'm like, man. So that kind of got a little intimidating. So I made it back. I definitely, for sure, I didn't do the whole 200 because I was like, I, I can't even climb. Like, I'm Florida. <laughs> this is like my first real climbing event. Yeah, no, man. And I got to do this shit on one leg, too? Oh, no. I won't be able to make it back. <laughs> this is horrible. So, yeah, it was a, definitely an experience. I'm definitely going to do it again, see if I can try to complete it. Of course you yeah, should. Yeah. Got to. But, um, man, I think once I complete it, I don't think I'm going to want to do it again. It's 200 miles. <laughs> Yeah, 200 miles is a, a tiny bit too much. Yeah, and you're like, it's around 350 kilometers, as I know. So, yeah, it's something. Man, it's like over 8,000 feet of climbing. I'm like, yo, it's Ooh. a lot. <laughs> wow. So, it's, and I, actually, that's what I know. That's what I read. And what's, that's what people told me. Is There is not one mile or one kilometer that is flat. It's uh -huh. everything up and down. It's, it's everything ondulated. All never, rolls. never stops. Yeah, it never is all rolls and the the, the crazy part is you can see the third roller or the third hill, like from afar, and you just like see these dots like just going up, and you're like, are they stopping? Are they walking up that one? And by the time you get there, you're like, oh wow, this is a, a pretty steep one. 
And you're just like, wow. <laughs> I see I was right. They were walking up this. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. yeah. I can... I completely see the point. But actually, you uh, actually also took part to other events or whatever, like this in dirt roads, right? Anyways, you were also the Grinduro. Yeah, that was probably a fun one, but it was a lot more climbing. Like This is a party. Grinduro is a party. Dude, that was such a party, but it was such a ride. Like, like the first five miles was like 2,000 feet. Oh, like, gosh. Just went, like, it literally just went up. Like, took this little road, and then as we got, got to the mountains, it just went up. And it went up like the first couple miles. We're almost like a thousand feet. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like it was insane. But you're right, it was a party. <laughs> like to see uh, Paul from Paul Components there, just at the top of the mountain, just handing out beers, bacon, <laughs> pickle juice. Like, yo, this is pretty awesome. So it was really cool. Got a chance to see Taylor Fanning. Um, rode with him a few times really cool guy okay so it was a a really good experience just riding with those guys yeah 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 of course yeah it should be actually don't know uh, by watching at the stories around and actually having been talking with uh with nam with kylie with ronnie during the tours of the gravel and it seems like you have a lot of fun out there in la a lot of a, a bunch of really really cool people that just the only thing that i that they want to do with the bike is just being out and enjoy it and not just uh putting down some watts performances or whatever <laughs> just being there with funny people and enjoy their rides that's what it is and having fun on the bike that's it that's all it is at the end of the day you know like i said i work around a bunch of roadies and i'm like the total opposite <laughs> like they're all in their kits and i'm in regular clothes just doing a ride and i'm like yo what are you, what are you doing <laughs> so it's always it's always fun to be that guy to kind of keep the balance <laughs> Of course, of course. Well, uh, Leo, it's uh, it was really great, great pleasure. Something that we are missing, probably. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to keep you here for so much time, but something <laughs> that we are missing is actually where can we find uh, the GoFundMe or whatever, the GoFundMe link, the GoFundMe URL or whatever to found your foundation? Um, it's, it's on my Instagram page, uh, Slim1000, S-L-I-M-O-N-E 1000. Um, okay. You can click on the link and uh, go from there and help uh, put a put a little help to the cause to get people out there riding again, get get the newbies out strolling, show them the real side of cycling, and I can be a game changer and a tool of life. Absolutely, absolutely. Anyways, I'm gonna put it in the description down below. In the how does it? How do you call it now in this super uh, fancy way? Uh, something like ah yeah, in the episode notes. I'm gonna put it in the episode notes, uh, so everybody can go there and click it, and uh, it's gonna be easy. And man, please, whenever you are coming over here to Europe, yep. do something. Come <laughs> over. Definitely uh, my next year goal to kind of do a little bit more exploring and you know I've seen I had a really big following in London <laughs> which is uh, weird. Oh. <laughs> I'm like wow I got a, a major following in London like almost two percent of my followers are from London like yo I gotta go wow. they say what's up so 
Um, yeah, something that you can do actually they usually organize uh, in Scotland the Grind Duro Scotland yeah, yeah actually you can do one thing right you come uh, you come over here to Europe you stop in London you just <laughs> something like get some beers with your 2% of followers fan <laughs> and then go ride in the bicycle up yeah, there. yeah so maybe I can make it like a big ride or something just, you know go ride into some mountains or something or go ride or fix gears around <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to come over here in Switzerland and ride some mountains, yeah. I will come with you. But I'm gonna be slower, just <laughs> for just for you to know. Oh, good, all good. Good party. Please. <laughs> Absolutely, you can stop at. Actually, beer is not the best over here, but yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, we can get some good beers from uh, another part and then stop at the side of the road and drink some good beers. Nice. Actually, you can start drinking beer to waiting for me a couple of hours, and that's perfect. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Well, Leo, it's it was really great. It's really thank you for spreading around super amazing and nice vibes that you just spread around today with your talk. Keep on with the awesome job and inspiration that you're giving to all of us out here. And uh, yeah, best of luck for your training for the Paralympics and uh, for all the rides that you're going to do out there with the crazy guys of your crew. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> cool, Leo. Ciao, ciao. Ciao. Well, people, I don't know what you are thinking, but I really can't wait now to jump on my bike and being out there and, uh, yes, riding a bit of gravel, trying to find some rolling hills and, uh, yeah, I don't know, just enjoying the outdoors and get some amazing views on top of the hills. Actually, weirdly, uh, the sky today, tonight, actually looks way clearer. So probably tomorrow I'm going to go out with the bike. And as I'm going to do that, actually, even if I know perfectly my backyard rides out there, I can tell you that actually the hills close by to my place, they have so many good trails. And actually, I will never suggest you that, but something that I'm doing in this period with Komoot, I'm actually going with my gravel bike. I'm going into the trails made for mountain bike never do it yourself or if you want to do it be aware that you have to walk a bit it's never it was never a problem for me to hike a bike a bit my bike but actually if you want to do it you will know that actually you're gonna get something not so much explored with mountain bike routes but as well something not completely feasible to do it with your gravel bike Thanks for Komoot for that, and thanks a lot, Komoot, for being so good supporter of this season of the episode. I'm so excited about having Komoot on my side this year. Wow, this is going to be crazy. And you will know, actually, that during the episodes, you're going to listen a bit more of good collection and stuff. But that's something that is going to happen probably next year. You need just to stay here and wait for me. Talking about next year, remember that, actually, I will help you unlocking a free region for you in your new Komoot account. Just go to www.komoot.com g, like Greenland, and then just write on the code, enter the code broom, like broom, like, like a broom, like broom wagon, broom wagon, or whatever you want to call it. And yes, there you will enjoy your free region. You can start really exploring your backyard properly and even a bit more. Ah, yeah, I need also to update you a bit more on my COVID swear jar. Well, today we were really, really good because we mentioned uh, COVID and COVID... Damn it, that's not a coin. Uh, we mentioned what we don't have to mention uh, three times. We talked about the Paralympics that probably 
yes, probably not are going to happen this in 2021 in Tokyo. We mentioned uh, Leo coming over for uh, hopefully here in Europe for 2021 after all this craziness is going to finish. And uh, the third one was actually also Leo starting in 2021 is all his activities for the um, his foundation. Uh, well, three times, three coins, and another one that I mentioned already, four coins, that are going to go in my COVID swear jar, and they are going to go at the end of the year, at the end of the season, or whatever they are, they are going to go directly to the Sea Watch, the amazing association charity who is really supporting and really picking up from the sea all the immigrants that are the refugees that are arriving here in Europe. Without them, an association like them, I think that craziness is going to be even more here in Europe. If you like this episode, be sure to go on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you are listening to podcasts, and subscribe, rate, and comment on this episode or in whatever episode you would love to. This is super important because it will help me climbing a bit some, uh, let's say, uh, good uh, charts and letting me discover. And that's not the point. It's not because of my ego. It's just because I really think that charts with these awesome and inspirational people like Leo are really getting a, the extra push and will let you people making the extra effort on enjoying the outdoors as much as we like to do so if you want to help me and helping everybody out there to listen to this podcast please subscribe rate comment and review whatever you want to do on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, or spotify it's really really helpful for me what else yeah remember that if you want you can also share single episodes with some of your people out there and apart from that just be tuned because next week is going to be another episode of the broom wagon 